Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, this episode of Your Revolution Los Angeles. I have an amazing speaker with us today, Omar Fernandez, who is um, the president of the APWU in Vermont and also vice president of AFL-CIO uh, Postal Workers for Vermont. And I am your host, Chris Rod. Uh, Omar, how are things going today? Things are awesome, brother, man. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is a pleasure. This is an honor. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Thank you um, for your time and actually, you know, agreeing to speak with us. I love that. I guess um, just first off, this is actually postal worker to postal worker, um, you know, but we're going to do this on an, you know, on an unofficial capacity as just right. civilians, just citizens. So, you know, full, full disclosure, I'm a mailman here in Los Angeles County. Yeah. So, and hardest working group of people in the postal service in my opinion you guys are crazy for doing that job and you guys are awesome awesome well thank you thank you and and without uh, your work and all the work that you do you know none of this is possible so um so that that that's where i want to get into it um i saw you on in the people's convention by the way that was very moving very touching what you did um you. i wanted to get just a little bit just to just to start with um the people's convention that just passed uh, really quickly was basically a was started from the People's Party, right, to try to get um, a new uh, major party to take over, basically just to um, get because the Democratic Party doesn't represent us, right? Right. So, yeah, so you, were, yeah. So oh, you were sorry, oh, sorry just quickly. So you were you were invited onto it and everything, and and you got to speak for you know a good ten minutes on there. It was really good. Um, just. Just tell me a little bit about that, how that felt, you know, and, and, and what was going on in your mind when you were on that giant platform. Like, that was huge. It was awesome. I could not believe that I had, I mean, it was a huge honor. All those people on there, Chris Edges, Carnell West, Nina Turner. Are you kidding me? I mean, just a few years earlier in one of my first conventions, I saw Nina Turner speaking on our stage, and it was just amazing. It was just finally, 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 the people have something that they can look forward to. I mean, it, it was, it, I kind of, I mean, I felt bad because I went over number one. Number two, um, I, I felt bad because I started breaking up because I just started feeling just understanding how important the people are. I mean, we really got to get our stuff together. Stop letting people divide us. Don't get divided on little silly things. Let's come together on things that we can agree upon. And let's get this thing done. I mean, we can't no longer sit around and say, no, those are politicians. We can't deal with that. No, those guys are affecting our lives. And they, unfortunately, they're not using the power that they have for us. They're using their power to pay back the people that are giving them the money to do it. I mean, it's the, it's the oligarchs party. And they have two. We should at least have one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh Glad you're bringing that up. Okay, so then that brings me into the meat of it because everybody that's watching this right now, um, before the election, you know, 2020 election, is thinking, all right, we're in a pandemic, um, so you want to limit your exposure to the outside world for those that are rational and smart enough to understand that this right. pandemic is real and that right. it can kill, it's deadly, it has all sorts of side effects that we don't even know about just yet, right? right. So, um, so this is this has been this would potentially be an amazing year for the post office to say, all right, um, if you can't do it in person or you shouldn't do it in person, which I think anybody in a position of leadership right now should encourage, um, you know, something else besides going in person to voting. And hey, 
we have the resources and, uh, excuse me, we, not we, excuse me, sorry about that. <laughs> the, the United States Postal Service, I believe, has the resources to do it because um, they do go to every single house in the United States. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Actually, I was just reading today, it was reminding me that we actually have more stores or used to say storefronts in the United States than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Walmart put wow. together. Wow. In, domestically put together. We have more storefronts than all those companies put together. It's, it's crazy. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's great. So then, so then in the midst of all this, um, of course, Trump starts off very beginning trying to sow seeds of doubt to say yeah. um, if people are going to vote through the mail, it's go like he's declaring that it is going to be fraudulent. He keeps saying that. He doesn't even say it might be or there's a percentage or there's this chance. Nobody and, and I don't see anybody in the media questioning him hard. Right. So before this interview um, with you, I actually read a number of um, conservative takes. And so I just kind of want to go through some of them and, you know, get, you know, yeah, get your uh, thoughts on it, your opinions, you know, backed up with facts is what, you know, we're really looking for. So this isn't just for, you know, Democrats, this is for all Americans to see this and understand what's going on. Yeah. So, all right. So first off, they say um, all this stuff with, with Louis DeJoy and Trump having his hand in destroying the post office that um, removing ballot, remo removing uh, the blue collection boxes and, um, you know, getting rid of machines. It's all something that's been going on for decades. It's something that's been going on for a while and it's just a faux controversy. So that first part of them saying it's a faux controversy, what do you think of when you hear that? I mean, there, there, there's things that um, happen in the post office where it, yes, they do take machines out always to bring in new machines. That's always the way it works. They never take out, never. Now, I will say this, I've only been in the postal service for five, six years now. As long as I've been there, I've seen three machines come out of my plant, but it was replaced with a bigger machine that can handle bigger volume. Um, but never have I seen them just pull machines out and never replace them whatsoever. They've always been replaced. Even in my own plant right now, there was a machine, it's called a facing machine, a facing cancellation machine. It takes all the mail that everybody sends um, and, you, and it flips it over on the right side so the machines can read it and then it cancels the stamp. Now, we had two of those. One was a good, very good, the other one, hey, they took away the very good one and said, oh, we're gonna replace it with a better one. Two months later, they still haven't replaced it. Still haven't replaced it. And, and, and kind of, this, if you don't mind, when, when was this that they removed it? They removed it two months ago. About two months ago, they removed okay. it from in White River Junction. And, and it okay. kind of frustrates me that DeJoy says we don't need it. Well. I will tell you this, all that mail that should have been going on that cancellation facing machine is now being done by hand. Now, if you wanna go and start doing it by hand and hire more people to do it, okay. It's not efficient, but that's fine. But that's, it's, all that volume is still there and people are doing it by hand where they're literally stamping the, the uh, stamps to cancel them. Or there's another machine um, that's, ooh, it puts way too much ink on it and it ends up getting your hands all dirty. But you know, back and forth between those two in order to do all the work that that one machine did. So, so then are you saying that um, the controversy isn't, isn't bogus? It, th this is legitimate. So, you know, th the fact that they're not replacing them now is, is the biggest issue, correct? That's exactly so then, 
that that's pretty significant. So, um, so, so absentee voting is different from universal mail-in ballots. That's what they state. Um, I, I have heard that absentee voting and um, the universal mail-in ballots for us to vote is practically the same thing. The only difference is we're not requesting it. Is that true? Is there, is there any truth to them saying that absentee voting is different and, and done only right in good states? You know, the I, states with Republicans, they say? I don't know what the difference is, to be honest with you. I was in the military. Uh, I'm a former Marine. And I voted that way with, with an absentee ballot and requested a ballot and sent it in and all that kind of good stuff. And the same thing that we see now with people asking for b ballots and this universal thing, I, I really don't understand what the difference is. And to be honest with you, there is kind of one difference. When we see a ballot that comes through, it's like alarm bells goes nuts. When manually we're doing it, it's like, there's a ballot, there's a ballot, guys, okay. What's the stand-up talk say? Okay, look, we got to make sure that this gets out of the building immediately. We don't want any ballots whatsoever in the building. If it gets in there, we want it out of there. I mean, it's almost like, like I don't know, how would you compare it? I mean, we just don't want them in the building. As soon right. as you see it, we want it out of the building. Yes. They go through the machines anyways, and the machine takes care of all that. They, the guys put it in the postcons. It gets on the truck. So we don't yeah. see it. But if we see it manually because either the address can't be read or some way, somehow it came in manually um, to the manual guys, it's like alarm bells go nuts. And we want to make sure it gets out of that building that day, that day. Right. And it's actually the same too at the, at the offices where, you know, where, where delivery is being done, where that's the first thing. If you have third class mail, then sometimes that, depending on the discretion of the supervisor, you can hold that. But as soon as mail, um, election mail comes in, sorry, that gets, that's like express. You've got to, if it comes in late, doesn't matter. Everybody has to stop what they're doing. They have to case it up. So, you know, organize it for the line of travel and it needs to go out. If it's held back, that is trouble. Right. So, exactly right. I mean, yeah. and even the, the supervisor, let's just say that rare case, and I haven't seen it, where the mail, it, it, they find a ballot some way, some, somewhere. You know, a new person didn't know what to do with it or something. So somebody is going to put that, that ballot in an in ex express bag and, and drive it over to whatever uh, post office it needs to get to. So it can get out that day, that day because we just we don't want it in the building. I mean, we treat all of our mail that way, but it's like we see those ballots, we understand how important that is. We don't right. want to be the one that they say, oh, the reason that this didn't get there is because, no, that thing gets in there, we send it out immediately. So I guess another part that I think has been ignored with Trump's demagoguery against the post office is that um, the, the post office the mailman or the ones collecting from the boxes, if people do drop those, um, you know, the ballots off, we, uh, excuse me, sorry, keep saying we, they, the post office continues to just write. So is this, is this correct that all they do all is they're the messengers, pick it up, process it and drop it off. Exactly right. So, comes, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It comes straight to the plant. Um, you'll see it. It comes in postcons and it's in their red boxes because uh, we have red boxes specifically for our uh, collection boxes. 
So they'll come into the plant. We'll empty all those guys into the spacing machine that I was talking to you about. And there's somebody making sure that all that mail gets through, it gets spaced. Once it's uh, everybody in the, in the right area, then it gets loaded into the machine so that it can be put into um, carrier order um, so that the carriers can just get it done. And so absolutely. I mean, yeah. Cause that's all we're not, we're not, pro, uh, <laughs> the post office is not going through um, actually seeing who they voted for or any of that, right? There's no recording that we do. Correct. There is no time for that even cause I'm an expediter. And so I make sure the trucks go out, but I am the inside outside expediter. When there's three expediters in the building, the other two outside expediters make sure the, the trucks go out on time and that all the mail is on there. The inside expediter comes inside and helps out with the manual work and make sure that all the mail inside gets outside. So even when you're, you have that letter in front of you and you're sorting it into the different boxes, you don't look at a name. You don't, all you're looking is at the zip code. That's all you're looking at. And whatever that zip code is, that's where it goes. And, and it depends. If you're doing the three-digit sorting, which gets it to that sec center, that section of the, of, the, of the state, you put it right into that box. All you're doing is reading the first three. When you're doing the specific towns, then you're looking at the last two. And that's it. And you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're doing it as fast as possible because there isn't enough people to do the mail, number one. So you want to make sure as fast as possible you get it done so that all the mail that you have in front of you gets sorted so that you can get it out to the trucks. Right. And that's the job that you have as an employee, correct? Right. So, so, I, so how is it then, um, what type of assurance should the American public have that the post office is not you know, or how, how can I say this without, I, I want to frame this without saying that the post office um, is, is not going to be involved in fraud. Um, but so my question really is, um, do you see that being an issue um, at all? Or can you assure the public that, that look, there's no fraud that is going to be gone from the post office? Like, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. The mail that comes in goes out. There's no way in the world that anyone, we, even as a PSC, a non-career employee, they make about 18, 18, 19 an hour is what they make. And I I will tell you this, it's kind of weird when you first start working there, but in the plant itself, and even in the small offices, they don't know this, but in the plant itself, you look up and there's windows, weird looking windows all around the entire plant. Now, if anybody, and there's a camera there all the time in all these places, you forget it's there, but you're always being looked at. The postal police does not play. I mean, even if you delay mail, say it's first class mail that's supposed to go out that door, you delay the mail, there's a postal inspector that's going to come to talk to a supervisor immediately. They do not play around with that. There was even one time, it's funny because there's always, um, within us, we always play around with not today postal inspectors, but we'll see weird things in the plant or whatever. As a PSC, I saw like a little stack of money in the plant, like right in the middle of the road, right there in the middle of the aisle. And so I look at it, I look at the window, I'm like, (laughs) not today postal inspector. (laughs) I went and got the supervisor and I was like, hey, I don't know whose that is, but it's not mine, and I'm not even touching it. 
And right. I was like, oh, that's mine. Thanks. Hey, whatever, man. Don't forget there's a window right there, but yeah. I'm not going to do it. No, you're so right. Whether it's a penny or five cents, you don't want to touch that because that becomes then a federal crime. I mean, and what? We get right. paid very God. It's the best job I've ever had in my life. I've been <laughs> I've been a minister. Yeah, I've okay. been different things. It's the first job I've had where I can save money, pay my bills, and even go on vacation if I ever did it. If mm-hmm. I ever did that, you know what I mean. I, I haven't gotten used to being able to have a vacation yet, but <laughs> one day. When you do. Yeah, that'd be great. So then, so then now to move into the whole thing about just the post office's sustainability and ability to um, thrive in the age of the internet and the age that, um, oh, excuse me, just essentially the age of the internet that's been going on, what, for the last like 20 years has been taken right. off, right? right? And then, and as a result of us being able to have uh, cell phones, you know, being able to send emails, being able to send text messages, uh, on and on that has reduced the mail volume, you know, and there have been other ways, of course, to be able to um, bring up revenue for the post office, and we have done so. Yet, what I keep hearing from, um, especially conservatives, just because, you know, the general public doesn't really know what's going on. Um, What I hear from conservatives is that, um, hey, hey, look, this is just, the post office is just running out of money because they're becoming irrelevant and they're mismanaged. So, so the push to privatize isn't that bad. Now, I, you know, since, uh, actually you can, you can talk on it a bit. I see that there's a push for privatization. Have you heard of anything or have you seen moves that show the relevance of that? They definitely have been trying to privatize us. Now, and I will tell people this, a lot of people don't know this. There's other companies that I've already taken little bits and pieces of the postal, postal service secretly pitney bowls and things like that and those poor guys i heard that they even have the same machines that we do but they're only getting paid ten dollars an hour now some people might say hey then you know why don't you guys do that with the postal service look the post office makes money thank god because the people use the post office i mean they they always talk about that we're running out of money the only time when we started losing money is when they passed the pa EA law, uh, the Postal Enhancement Act, I think is what it's called. Um, they And what that does is that it requires the Postal Service to pay for 75 years of retirement in 10 years, 75 years in advance, in 10 years they have to do that. In 2006, we had a profit and it's already been analyzed that if it wasn't for the PAEA, the Postal Service would have had Six, six years of operational profits in the last six years if it wasn't for that PAEA. And, and I will tell you this, there was a, an analysis that was done before that law to make it look like the postal service is being inefficient, that we're not, we're, we don't have enough mail or any of that kind of stuff. And they come to find out that the postal service actually overpaid retirement up to that point. Um, they, some say 75 billion, some say $100 billion. They overpaid it. Now, here's a question I have for our congressmen, Republicans and Democrats. Where's that money? Where's that $75 billion to $100 billion? If we still had that in our coffers, we would be fine with this whole COVID thing. You know, we'd be able to survive and be able to do what we need to do. The only reason that we're, quote unquote, losing money because of COVID, number one, because of that 75 years mandate, that's the first thing. 
The second thing is that now people have switched to packages. They're doing food. They're doing everything by packages. That is more labor intensive because it's not just the letter that you just put it. You got to look at that package. You got to put that package in a, in a, in a truck. That truck takes gas and all that. That's where this, this um, um, missing money, it looks like it's coming out. But if we had that $75 billion, $100 billion, we'd be like, okay, this could carry us over. You know what I mean? But because we don't, and because they've been taking money away from us since 2006 with this, um, you know, pre, uh, uh, with this uh, mandate that they put on us, um, that's why it looks like we're not making any money. And, and I will remind people of one more thing. The post office is a nonprofit organization. We are a service. We are not there to, to make a profit, although we did back in the day. That money could have been used for enhancements, could have been used for helping our fleets. There are people that have died in our trucks, carriers that have died in our trucks because of the heat. Most of these trucks don't have air conditioning. All that money could have been used for that, to fix those things. And instead, who knows where it went? What was that money for? I mean, I was in D.C., and I know I'm talking too much, but I keep remembering something. I was in D.C. before the, the uh, Homeland Security Committee. And I don't know if he was in session or if it was on recess, but the chairman all of a sudden just said, oh, yeah, that money is gone. And it perked my ear, and I'm like, what? What, what money? The money that we had paid up until that time was put into the general fund. It was supposed to be for us to save for our retirement, but it was put into the general fund and gone. And he said it so nonchalantly, like that's what's supposed to happen with it. It just—it was just incredible to me that he just did that. And it's criminal. That should be criminal. I, I wanted to yell, but the guys were like, "Remember, Omar, you're not supposed to talk because they'll kick you out, and then you won't be able to hear the rest of it." And it was just ridiculous. Yeah. It's wow. Ridiculous. So yeah. also silencing us as well. That wow. should be criminal. So the so that money came from. Than post office fees, you're saying. I mean, I mean, you know, the the revenue that we that the post office takes in, correct? Absolutely, it, it's from stamps, selling stamps, selling our services, and we're the cheapest one. I mean, anywhere. I that mean, is- but and that's where that money comes from because the people love us. We're the only federal agency that got a 91 percent in the Gallup poll. You know, yeah. I mean, people love us, and we love people. That's the reason we do this job. We, when we literally, when we have this mail, we got to get it out. This belongs to people. We need to get it out of here so that people can get this mail. So I have two things then to say on that. And um, let me then start off with, we right now have a, a president, a leader who is saying, who, is, who has declared right from the beginning of the pandemic and the CARES Act of saying, if there is money for the post office, I veto it. And yeah. that- you guys need to, that the post office needs to at least increase their um, prices fourfold, four times, or else I'm not going to deal with it. Then, yeah, so how does that affect the post office? This is the funny thing, too. It's the only thing I like about the PAEA law, because that law put a requirement on the Postal Service that whatever contract comes in, whatever anything comes in, including Amazon, it has to at least break even. It's, it is against the law for the, pers- for the Postal Service to provide any service, any contract to anyone and have a loss to it. 
It has to at least break even. So when Trump is talking about that we're not charging enough and all that kind of stuff, I don't know the contracts. I don't know how much we make on it, but I know for sure that we at least break even, which most nonprofit organizations, that is what they do. They at least break even. And I heard there was a cycle. I don't know if this is true. And for the Postal Service, before this law came out, um, there, was a, there was always one year of profit, one year of being even, and one year of loss. And everything kind of like cycled itself. But because of the PAEA, it has to, everything has to break even. And here's the other thing. There's two organizations above the Postal Service. There's the Board of Governors and there's their PRC. They're the ones that control how much um, we can charge for any of our services. And here's the funny thing. The president is the one that puts people into these committees. So for him to say that the Postal Service needs to charge this or that, he needs to be talking to himself because he's yeah. the one that needs to give the instructions and then uh-huh. they're the ones that need to do whatever they need to do in order for, for those kind of things to happen. Right, right. Okay. Uh, we're running a little bit out of time now, so I'm going to tighten this up a bit. Um, I'm, uh, I wanted to get at uh, postal banking. So uh, Bernie Sanders, when he's been you know, running for president since 2016, has talked about postal banking. Um, I, from what I read in the PAEA, PAEA that it does um, restrict our ability to do non, excuse me, the post office's ability to do non-postal activities. Would that fall under it? And, um, you know, if so, and, you know, regardless of that, um, how, how good would that be, A, for the public and for the post office, if, you know, they were able to do postal banking? Postal banking would be outstanding for the public because already there are bank deserts, just like there are food deserts. There aren't enough grocery stores in all these poor parts of the country. There aren't enough banks or there are banks that want nothing to do with getting into these communities. And that's how these um, day lenders get in and all that. Those are the guys that have been fighting against postal banking because as a matter of fact we used to do postal banking we used to do that and they took it away from us the the the, uh, lobbyists took it away from us i think it was back in the 70s maybe 30s 40s i i don't really remember but they took it away from us it's something that we would do all the time if we had that and were able to give loans and all that we would help millions of people be able to get ahead to do what they need to do you know and not only that, I mean, there's a green stuff that we can do. There's a, an idea out there where we can usually, we can take all of our, because we have huge, huge warehouses. We can take, put solar panels on all those warehouses and use that to give um, electricity to the community that, that it's in. I mean, not only that, internet, we can provide broadband to people to at least be able to come in and do what they need to do or pay for notary publics. There's so many things. Already we do, we do um, passports. We're the ones that do that. I mean, there's, but, and absolutely we can do those same thing, but because of the PAEA, it won't let us. It's like they're trying to tie our hands. And if it wasn't for the people, we'd be done by now. We would, it's amazing. 2006 is when this law came out. And we're still, you know, still around, but we got to get rid of that law. We got to get rid of that law. All right, so that, that leads me then to the, the final part because um, I think it's super important that the people, A, know about this and two, um, take action. So the fact that that's still in there and the fact that you mentioned that, that um, it's the day lenders, the payday lenders, the, loan sh- the you know, modern day loan sharks yes. that are 
yeah, that are actually benefiting from it. I am very well aware of how those uh, payday loan uh, companies um, bribe our politicians, including Democrats. So, so that means that, that that speech is talking to them. So, you know, without us speaking, they're only going to listen to the payday lenders and everybody else that's trying to um, undermine the post office. So I think it's super important that, that people do what they can to, um, to help out the post office and let's say overturn PAEA. We also need to make sure in the Senate that they do pass um, the, the House bill to get, uh, to get the United States the funding. So right. what is it that people can do um, to make that happen? Absolutely. What the people need to do is call your uh, senators because there was a law that was passed that's going to help the Postal Service and the people. It was passed in the House. The Senate is the one holding it and not putting it through. So what you want to do is you want to call 833-924-0085. Again, 833-924-0085 and tell both your senators to support the the um, passing of the law to help the, the Postal Service and to get rid of the PAEA. And I'm telling you, they will listen to you. They will. If they don't, remember that and get them out of there because the Postal Service is for the people always and forever. We know it. We love the people. We want to take care of the people. Congress is the one tie in our hands. Both parties do it. Some people don't want to hear that. Sorry, guys. Both parties want to do it. Yeah, so, line of America. Thank you. All right. Omar Fernandez, once again, vice president of AFL-CIO, Postal Workers Union there in Vermont, and APWU president there in Vermont. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem, Chris. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys giving me this chance to be able to do a long-form interview. That's great. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you liked it, please tap the like, hit the bell, subscribe to us, and support us on Patreon if you want to join the cause to help us get corrupt bribes out of our nation's news media. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is your revolution.